have a Christmas question for you. How does Jesus make you feel? We've just read the opening verses of Matthew's Gospel in chapter 2. Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12. The passage about the wise men from the East. But they aren't the only characters in that passage. How did the wise men feel about Jesus? They were inspired by him. Inspired to seek him and inspired to uh, worship him. What about King Herod? How did King Herod feel about Jesus? He was incensed by him. Incensed to find him and incensed to kill him. And what about the religious leaders? How did the religious leaders feel about Jesus? They were indifferent to him. Though they knew about all the prophecies, and though they could tell Herod and the wise men where Jesus was to be born, they seemingly couldn't care less. But what about you this Christmas morning? How does Jesus make you feel? Are you inspired by him like the wise men? Are you incensed by him like King Herod? Or are you indifferent to him like the religious leaders? Number one, inspired. We don't know a lot about the wise men. But they were clearly inspired by the young Jesus. Our passage tells us a number of significant things that prove this point. They came from the east, verse 1. We don't know exactly where from, but they had clearly made a long journey. They were determined to find Jesus, verse 2. When they didn't immediately find him there in Jerusalem, they asked, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? They rejoiced when they found Jesus. Dropping down to verse 10. We're told they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. More than that, they fell down and worshipped Jesus. I never failed to be struck by this. Beginning of verse 11. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. The picture of these grown men falling down and worshipping this young child, Jesus. And something more. They gave a precious gifts to Jesus. Second half of verse 11. They fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. We've just been singing about those gifts, haven't we, in our last carol. Gold speaks of Jesus being king. Frankincense speaks of Jesus 
uh, being God. It was used in the temple worship of the day. And myrrh speaks of Jesus being saviour. The one who would die in the place of all who trust in him. And whose body would be buried in the tomb before he then rose from the dead. So by their coming from the east, by their being determined to find Jesus, by their rejoicing when they found him, by their falling down and worshipping Jesus, and by their giving precious gifts to him, it's clear that the wise men were inspired by the young Jesus. And many have been inspired by Jesus since. Like the wise men, they too have come to see that he is the king of kings. That he is none other than uh, the eternal son of God. And that he has come to be the savior of the world by his perfect life, by his sin-bearing death, by his victorious resurrection. He has come to secure salvation for all his people. To offer salvation to any and to all. That anyone who trusts in him might be saved for time and for eternity. The wise men were inspired by Jesus. Many have been inspired by Jesus since. Are you inspired by Jesus this morning? Oh, that you would be inspired by him this Christmas. Like the wise men, to seek him. And to worship him, to fall down before him, and to trust him as your saviour and as your Lord. Inspired. Number two, incensed. King Herod is not a happy bunny. We're told, verse 3, he was troubled. He is raging with anger when he hears of Jesus' birth. He asks the religious leaders where the Christ was to be born, verse 4. And he does so because he wants to find Jesus. But he doesn't want to find Jesus for the same reason the wise men wanted to find Jesus. Having uh, ascertained that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem, he tells the wise men and asks them to report back on the child's whereabouts. Once they have found him, to tell Herod where he is, that he might go and find him too. But not like the wise men to worship him, but rather to kill him. Not immediately obvious in our passage, but the following verses in Matthew 2 make it clear. Verse 16, we have what's famously known as the massacre of the innocents. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, that they hadn't reported back to him, he was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. So determined was Herod to see to it that this baby Jesus was killed, that he was willing to massacre all the young boys under the age of two. 
in the area. You see, this small K king, Herod, feels threatened by the big K king, Jesus. Threatened to the point that he is boiling with anger. And many have been incensed by Jesus since. You don't have to sit on a throne to share King Herod's anger. You see, we're all born thinking we're king of our own lives. And we all naturally feel threatened by the lordship of Jesus Christ. By the message that there is one who is king of kings and lord of lords and who would lay claim upon our hearts and upon our lives. But you know the irony is that the more we try to hold on to being the small k kings of our own lives, the more we are diminished And the more pathetic we become. But the more we let go. And the more we are willing to give the throne and the reign of our lives. To the king of kings. The lord of lords. Jesus Christ. The more we find ourselves in him. The more we are set free. To be all we were meant to be. And to live. And to really live. But Herod was incensed by Jesus. He felt threatened by him. He was angry. He didn't want to let go. But Herod isn't the hero of the story. Jesus is the hero of the story. So don't be like Herod. Don't be angered by Jesus. Don't feel threatened by him. But realize that it's when you let go of being the small K K king of your own heart and life. And give your heart and your life to the big K king Jesus. That then, then you can be saved and then, then you can really live. Number one was inspired. Number two was incensed. Number three is indifferent the religious leaders are perhaps the least prominent but the most surprising in our passage we think of this passage as being about the wise men and we know that king herod is also a big part of what's going on here the the religious leaders may seem almost incidental these chief priests and these scribes whom herod consults as to uh, where was Messiah to be, to be born? And I must admit I'd never given a lot of attention to these religious leaders until recently when it was pointed out to me something striking about them. This fact that they, they know, they know a lot. They know more than most. But despite everything they know, They don't really seem very interested. 
They don't seem much bothered. They don't seem to care. Herod makes his inquiry of them, verse 4. He gathers all the chief priests and scribes of the people together and he inquires of them where the Christ was to be born. And they don't have to scratch their heads. They have the information to hand, verses 5 and 6. So they said to Herod, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and then they quote from the Old Testament, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So they know Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem and they know these fellows have rocked up from the east because of a star are looking for Messiah and they're able to tell Herod to tell the wise men, Bethlehem, that's where you need to go to find the Messiah. But we don't read anything about them hurrying to Bethlehem. The shepherds heard about Jesus and they said, let's go to Bethlehem. The religious leaders hear about Jesus and they think let's stay put and just carry on as if nothing's happened. Striking, isn't it? They know so much and yet they don't seem the slightest bit interested. Instead of hurrying to Bethlehem, they remain at Jerusalem. And yet so many have been indifferent to Jesus. However much they know, they don't seem to be bothered. Some have been brought up with Jesus. In the sense that born into a Christian home, they have been brought up attending a church and they have heard about Jesus and his salvation for as long as they can remember. And yet it doesn't seem to move them. Is that you this morning? However young you are, however old you are, You've been brought up with Jesus. In one sense, you know so much about him. Maybe the preacher isn't really telling you anything this morning that you don't already know that you haven't known for years. But it's yet to move you. Others, you may not have grown up with Jesus, but you've just begun to to hear about him. To hear the good news proclaimed. To hear the great biblical truths of our sinfulness and lostness. But of how Jesus came into the world and his life and death and resurrection. And all that he has done to save people like us from our sins. And you hear this good news and you can see the effect it has on others. But it has no effect on you. You seem not. To care. Whether you've been brought up with Jesus. Or whether you have only recently come to hear about him. The danger is that like the religious leaders. You can be indifferent to Jesus. The good news of Jesus Christ. To you it's just like water off a duck's back. Doesn't seem to touch you doesn't seem to stir you, doesn't seem to 
affect you. And you know the danger is, the more you know, the less you care. And the more indifferent you become. So this is our Christmas question this morning. How does Jesus make you feel? The wise men were inspired. King Herod was incensed. The religious leaders were indifferent. But how does Jesus make you feel? Oh, that you wouldn't be indifferent to Jesus, the Son of God, who has come from heaven, who has gone to Calvary, who has risen from the dead, who is offered to you in the gospel this morning to be your Savior. Oh, that you wouldn't be indifferent to him as if he didn't exist, as if it's all nonsense. Oh, that you wouldn't be incensed by Jesus. Why would you be angered by the Prince of Peace? Friend, it's time to let go of your own little kingdom and to be part of Jesus' great eternal kingdom and to truly find yourself in him. Oh, that you wouldn't be indifferent to Jesus, that you wouldn't be incensed by Jesus, but rather, oh, that you would be inspired by Jesus. Like these mystery men, the magi, the wise men of Matthew 2, that you would seek him and find him, that you would love him and trust him, that you would follow him and serve him. That you would be inspired by Jesus. And more than that, that he would make you feel new this Christmas. As he changes you from the inside out. As he sets you free. As you find life in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you live as you have never lived before. How does Jesus make you feel? It's one of these three. Inspired. Incensed. Indifferent. Don't be indifferent to Jesus. Or that you wouldn't be incensed by him. But oh that he would inspire you. To seek and to find. To love and to trust. To follow. And to serve. Amen.